the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Interesting times. The market started off strong yesterday when the market was closing, let's say two or three o'clock. You're probably having a little bit of a day drink because happy hour starts a little bit earlier due to the COVID shutdown. People still aren't back at work. You're watching the news because there's no sports on and you heard Trump wants to give bigger checks. Ooh, that could be something the market likes. And then the U.S. job reports beats expectations and that could be something the market likes because getting people back to work equals paychecks. Paychecks equals spending in the economy. Spending in the economy equals – and even spending in the economy. I'm like – I was telling my sugar booger yesterday. I was like, when we go on vacation again, we're going to play basketball on elephants. And then we're going to go to another continent and we're going to feed giraffes in the morning uh, straight out of our mouth for their breakfast. And then we're going to go and we're going to see the moon. And like suddenly I want pent up, right? Do you have a little of that? I have a little bit of that. Job reports beat expectations. On one hand, it's good because we're back to work. On the other hand, it's bad because the Federal Reserve says, hey, a lot of Americans aren't back to work. They're not helping the economy. We're not going to raise interest rates anytime soon. So they end up being wrong. Rates go higher. And almost I'd rather have higher unemployment. I know that sounds evil to say than higher interest rates. That's me looking after me, not me looking after you. Of course, I want you to do well. Penn National Gaming is running into a bit of a a blip. I was going to say a blitch, but that's not quite a word, is it? Let's just make it up. A part blip, part glitch, a blitch. Um, As is DraftKings. So a couple weeks ago, we were worried about economies. When they open back up, they're going to be strapped for deficits. They haven't really been raising taxes. They haven't been collecting taxes. They haven't really been seeing you go out and, and, and get taxed. Maybe you're buying more marijuana, which is heavily taxed in California, but you're not buying a lot of gas, which is heavily taxed in California. Stocks jumped after the June jobs report, smashing expectations, but it's pulled back. I would say a lot. The Dow is now up 168 after being up 300. The Nasdaq's up 87 after being up 150. Um, the gains aren't gone, and it's still too early in the day to see what direction we ultimately end up in. But instead of talking about people going back to work, now we're starting to talk about another kind of slowdown. McDonald's is saying we're going to halt reopening our dining rooms. I know saying the word dining room in McDonald's is like you almost have to swallow your tongue. I get it. Um, June non-farm payrolls increased by 4.8 million. That's the headline. 
The unemployment rate of 11.1% is easy for you to digest. It was 13.3% in May. It was expected that it was going to drop in this time frame, but it's expected to climb in the next month. The average hourly earnings declined 1.2%. That's not a good sign. The average work week was 34.5 hours. That's actually a pretty good number. In large part, anytime over 33, you're starting to think about, we need to hire another person. Now, not only did we get the employment situation report today, a day early, but we also got the initial jobless claims, number of people unemployed. That doesn't seem to be as important today. But it decreased by 55,000 to 1.42 million. Any number over 350,000 is a bad number. So we're, I'm not going to say we're getting conflicting data, but we're getting data that's fair. I would almost say very convenient. For those of you who feel guilty for traveling and taking off your masks and getting socially close to someone, you're like, hey, I see numbers in there that I like. And for those of you feeling guilty because you haven't gone anywhere and you've sheltered in place and you start to lose your mind, you're like, hey, I see some numbers in there that I like. Lemonade IPO. Oh, boy. What's Lemonade? They offer homeowners and renters insurance in the United States. Contents and liability insurance in Germany and Netherlands. It's got a full stack insurance carriers. They're set to replace brokers and bureaucracy with bots and machine learning. Aiming for zero paperwork and instant everything. And what I like about this and what I hate about this is commissions in the insurance world are bad. You can go out and buy an annuity and pay up to 10% commissions. That's ridiculous. Don't buy annuities because of that. Be proven otherwise. But right there, that 9% fees, you can't win. Management cost, you can't win. In most annuities, not all. So Lemonade, who's going to try to get insurance to change the way it pays commissions and collects fees, it'll be interesting. Um, do I need a middleman? No. Do I have a middleman? No. I tend to use USAA and Geico for my insurance, and they have big call centers. Now, what if the call centers are replaced by apps and bots? So at one point in time, a broker... I dated a girl when I was 17 years old, 16 years old. She was a secretary after school for an insurance broker. That insurance broker's gone. More and more people have become educated that we don't need to have Steve on the corner in San Carlos be my insurance guy. I can go with a, a state carrier or a national carrier or a bot. I don't need Steve. Now, here's the, the perfect part about Steve. Steve could get to know you. If he's making 100000 a year and you're paying him 10000 he's got nine other clients who are paying him 10000 he's got a vested interest in getting to know you. Hey, Rob, your kid's healthy? Hey, Rob, how's your kid's uh, teeth? How's your kid's teeth? Do you need dental insurance? Hey, Rob, uh, I see that you've gone from driving a Chevette to a Corvette. I know they're both vets, but one's more expensive to fix. You want to up your deductible abilities? Like, his job might be to say, oh, I see that you have a kid in a wheelchair. Wheelchairs cost a lot more money to take care of a child from zero to 18. After 18, uh, someone who's in a wheelchair, it costs a lot more money to live your life. So he may say, hey, you have a special need 
Therefore, let's get you some special insurance like disability insurance. You need to make sure you have enough in case you lose your job because you got to be able to pay for that kid in a wheelchair. I know you're saying you're really pushing this kid in a wheelchair thing, but that's where I see the positive respects of a real live person. Like if you work with a real live CFP, I mean, I, I think this lemonade story is a shot at CFP saying down the road, we're going to replace you with bots and machine learning. We're going to figure out a person who's 25 years old with no kids probably doesn't need life insurance. They don't need a financial plan until you're 50 and have assets. Under 50 with no assets, keep working, keep working, save, save, keep working, keep working, save, save. It's not that hard for a robot to repeat. So I think that's an interesting IPO, and yet at the same time, it's an interesting time to bring out an IPO. Is the market speculative enough? Well, Tesla's telling us it's speculative enough to pull this kind of thing off. Will we know the true power of Lemonade? Maybe we need this kind of um, – ticker symbol, by the way, is LMND. Maybe we need this kind of COVID experience to show us you don't really need face-to-face. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. American Airlines is releasing a statement on their liquidity and conserving cash and encouraging customers to travel. That's not a good sign. I got an email from Vegas saying, free room, free room. That's not a good sign. We'll talk soon. I'm Rob Black. I mean, if I can my own. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. I try not to come across as too judgy. I try to come across as here's my thoughts on getting into retirement. Uh, 20 years ago, my thoughts were to get you to beat the snot out of the stock market, to get you started on to wealth, to get your wealth going towards greater wealth, to get your wealth going towards nice retirement, to get your wealth towards nice retirement goes towards your kid's uh, future. I don't have the rosiest outlook for 20 years from now for our economy. I grew up in a world where I was told numerous times that Asian kids were better at math. I grew up in a world that was like, one day China will be the superpower, economic superpower. And that meant more to like scare my dad, I guess, than, um, you know, if you work hard, it'll pay off. Uh, science and math were critically important to our family. Um, not fun and happiness. And therefore, with fun and happiness, I don't have a lot of emotions, which makes me really good with investing. McDonald's is going to lean more on drive-thru. And I love this because we all know McDonald's. And we all have some sort of opinion. My, Send me your opinion at some point in time. One of the conspiracy theories that one of my college friends came up with is, and he might have been stoned, went something like this. Uh, chicken McNuggets, when they first came out, were really like delicious, like white breast chicken meat. But now it's like all beaks and feet. So we all have theories like McDonald's. Um, I like McDonald's when I go. If I go to Thailand for three weeks and I've had food poisoning, I know I can go into a McDonald's and get like a, a Mac that is like the same as it is. In the like we all have some sort of comfort tie to McDonald's. I don't get how they make uh, French fries. I talked on the show with a, a head chef one day, Josiah Sloan. 
um, just an amazing like $200 per meal kind of guy. You must taste this tomato, this tomatoes from Italy kind of guy. Um, and he said, the United States is the only country in the world where, you know, McDonald's French fries are cheaper to buy than to make at home. That organic food, like a fresh chicken, is more expensive um, in the United States, whereas in the in the rest of the world, it's they're cheap. And I'm like, whoa! I have never really given in to that processed factory big corporation evil thought. I just thought it was McDonald's. I thought it was the Golden Arches. I thought it was a place where like cows were afraid to walk by. But they said the recovery's hit a little bit of a speed bump for them because they wanted to reopen dining. And now they're saying that's not going to happen for the near term. Um, they were going to try to reopen dine-in services by 21 days. And they ultimately paused. So this continues to help the delivery companies like Uber Eats and DoorDash. Um, a saving grace, again, for McDonald's is 95% of locations have drive throughs which have generated 67% of total sales during the pandemic. And again, it shows you that some companies were strangely, weirdly ready, and some companies aren't. Um, other companies that are publicly traded that tie into McDonald's, and again, I would own McDonald's. If you were to say, Rob, you need to own stocks for 10, 20, 30 years, pick 10. It would probably make my list. Um, Wendy's, Burger King, also publicly traded. They're having more negative impacts of the rising virus cases because they're not as efficient as McDonald's. On the flip side of the burger um, are companies that do mostly indoors like Cracker Barrel, Dave and & Buster's, and Red Robin. And they're nowhere near where they need to be. Will they be a stock maybe that I look for as a trade? I don't do a lot of trades. But in the coming weeks and months, if we get a vaccine, probably the first place I'm going to go is Red Robin Gourmet, Dave & Buster's Cracker Barrel. It's going to be on my, my grocery shopping list. Yesterday, we had a lot of optimism about Pfizer and BioNTech. Ticker symbol BNTX. And Pfizer, ticker symbol PFE. We had positive speculation on viral loads and efficacies over 50%. We're talking, and I almost cursed there, so let's fire up the dump, but we're talking poop that we know nothing about. I've studied efficacies and um, – for instance, a flu shot, it doesn't just have to be effective for 50%. It's how long does it stay in your system and, and can you beat out the flu with it? It's, it's, not, it's, it's half-life can't be like a day. Otherwise, you've just protected yourself for a very short period of time. FedEx was a big winner yesterday. That tells me that other transport companies like UPS are going to have the opportunity for solid numbers. Not necessarily they're going to be winner, winner, chicken dinners, but the opportunity. So you say I have a chance. Unemployment rate falls to 11.1%. Wall Street digs that. The Dow up 300. It was up a little bit more at the open. The S&P 500 up 35. It was up a little bit more at the open. The NASDAQ up 127. It was up about 127 at the open. Russell 2000s higher. All four indices. Oil's at $40 a barrel. Like, holy mackerel. 
it wasn't that long ago it was under 10. Now that was a glitch. It was a blip. It was very short term. And it was tied towards, we just ran out of places to store it. But it was also tied towards probably some self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh no, we're all stayed in. <laughs> like, I feel like in the first month I bought six puzzles. And I feel like I haven't bought any puzzles since. And in that first six months, I probably didn't drive much. And that, it kind of, you know, sometimes it begets begets. Macy's won't survive a second wave of coronavirus. We're starting to figure some of the second phase in and out. You're starting to hear some airlines with some of their predictions on their numbers of when things come back and how many employees do they need or not need, not just pilots. Um, but stewardesses and um, people who load up your bags, baggage people, and you know the whole industry is kind of reassessing, and it's it's it seems to be very much so a moving target. Nasdaq's up thirteen point two percent year to date. The S P five hundred's down three point six. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down nine point eight, and the Russell's down about fourteen percent. Um, decent gains on Wednesday on that positive economic data and upbeat vaccine news. So, again, companies seem to be bobbing and weaving a little bit. Amazon hit an all-time high. Apple is saying they're going to close in another 30 stores, but they're kind of taking a state-by-state. State. They're going, out. Oh, Florida's having problems. Let's close stores in Florida. It's no June swoon. Uh, again, one of the phrases that pays is sell in May and go away. Um, June didn't do a lot in the stock market, but July is off to a pretty good start. Is the phrase incorrect? Tesla said it delivered a higher than expected 90,650 vehicles. It's the most expensive stock company in the world. They've overtaken Toyota. They deliver a fraction of the cars, but this is about Wall Street is very much about what are you going to do in the next 10, 20 years? Not so much what are you going to do in the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Ford and GM's legacy hurts them, doesn't help them in Wall Street terms. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the perks that you get with me doing this show five days a week is I've done it for over 20 years, watched the stock market baby, basically babysat it for you. One of the perks is that you get is that I'm not really bound to Newberger and Berman, or I'm not really bound to Fidelity, or I'm not really bound to TD Ameritrade. I'm not really spitting out anyone else's views. Um, I've been on CNBC. I've been on Bloomberg. I've been on Fox Business. I could tell you the flaws of each and every one of them. Um, I'm not bragging when I say this, but I try my very, very best to work as hard as I can for you. Um, in large part, I, I think it's noble. It's something that I wish someone would have started me earlier on something. I wish someone would have started my father earlier on. My father was in the military and um, I can tell you one of the craziest things, and this is going to sound shocking for those who have never had any military experience in their life. Um, are you ready? One of the negatives, in my opinion, on the military is when they're, you're 18 years old, 
you tend to get like this big perk for signing up. Sometimes it's $5,000. Sometimes it's $10,000 sign up bonus. And that's a lot of money for a kid who's 18. That could be an Xbox and uh, really good speakers, or it could be a down payment on a Corvette or just like male toys. And it dawned on me when I was talking to a military guy, when I first got into this industry as a registered investment advisor was that the military need better advice. These guys are literally going to war and killing themselves for people like you and me. And trust me, I consider myself very, very soft and very likely the first person killed in any sort of violent skirmish. Um, Oftentimes I've joked if I was in the movie Mad Max or any of the futuristic movies that there's a bad gang and the mayor of a city is like, you're crazy, Max. We can't fight that gang. We need to go out there and talk to them. We need to talk to them. I always felt like I would be that mayor or that governor. And then the gang ties me up to the front of a car and um, drives me into the battlefield. And the first person to die from an arrow in the stomach is me. I don't even get into the battle. So one of the things I try to do on this show is protect you, do the battle for you. Try to leave out the noise. I don't think you need to hear a portfolio manager on the show. I think it confuses you. I've done that show. I did that show 20 years ago. I think a guest-driven show can be very dangerous because suddenly you who have come to accept that, hey, Rob's going to give out good advice, solid advice. He has a history of I can track him. I can tell you he made a huge mistake with a company called Cryo Medical Science. He made a huge mistake with Exodus Communications where he liked it, but he didn't tell us when he didn't like it. And that caused me some pain and I want to do no pain. So that's what you get with me. I care enough to like stop on occasion, talk about credit. Life is better with a better credit score. But I think some of us are a little bit too caught up in it. Um, Why you need a credit score? Because you get better rates on everything from a home to a car to apartments. If you have a bad credit score, I may get the apartment with a good credit score. You may not. If you have a home that you're looking to buy, your credit score may open you up to being looked upon as I'd rather sell to this person because I know the deal is going to close. What is a good credit score? Somewhere above 750. What's the difference between a good and excellent credit scores? Excellent credit scores get excellent credit. Good, you're, you're part of the system. Poor credit scores, you need to fix. They're easy to fix, but they take time. I wouldn't pay to have them fixed. I wouldn't pay Susie Orman, who again, she should give away free credit kits because it's easy to put together an e-file a PDF and show people how to fix their credit. But no, she sells her, her crap for like 90 bucks. That $90 could be going to improve your credit score by paying down credit or establishing credit and using credit. For my children at some point in time, probably around age 16, I'll get them a credit card. I already have bank accounts in their name. So when they're between zero and 12, they have a bank account. So that's part of their credit history. It'll show that they've had a banking relationship for 20 or 30 years. And at the proper time, I'll get them a credit card. And it'll be a secured credit card. A secured credit card for me is ideal for a teenager in large part because you kind of get to watch it as a dad without feeling pervy or weird or like spying on your kid. 
you get to see if they're buying pizzas or video games and you get a paid off for them. It's cured with maybe three hundred or five hundred dollars that you prepay and then they can go out and act like adults. And if they don't pay it at the end of the month, your three hundred or five hundred dollar deposit pays it for them. That's the great way to build credit. I say help your kids with credit. There's no sense in them getting out of college. No sense with bad credit and no sense with a friend who has better credit. And, you know, they both decide to go out and get a $30,000 vehicle. One of them's getting it for 8% loans and one of them's getting it for 0% for the first five years. That's screwed. That, that hurts. That, that hinders people. Uh, biggest thing you can do is always pay your credit on time. There's different types of credit. There's mortgage credit. There's student credit debt. Some credit goes away in bankruptcy. Some doesn't. Like student loan debt doesn't go away. IRS debt doesn't go away. Those are the two that I, I, I find like the stickiest on, on problems for people. Have I ever made mistakes? In my early 20s, um, I didn't pay my taxes one year because I owed so – no, no. I, I was getting so much back that I was like, I'll just file it next year. And the next year became the next year. Um, and then I was like, dang, I need to do this because to get a house, I'd already had a house and sold a house. But to get another house, I need to show my credit report and outstanding IRS. Just filing. I had to file. Whoa. Anyway, and anyhow, there's a lot of credit myths out there. I don't want you obsessing on this. If you want to go to bankrate.com and read the beginner's guide to credit, it's more than enough. You know, excellent credit somewhere between 800 and 850. Very good between 740 and 799. Good between 670 and 739. Um, some companies like Vantage, their credit scores rate from 781 to 850 instead of 800 to 850 is excellent. So it tinkers a little bit. But again, you have to get your house in order. I think having an online bank is awesome. I think having an online cash account is awesome. Why settle for 0% from your bank who has got brick and mortars when you can get one and a half, two 2% from an online bank? Cash is supposed to be secure and safe. I think you should have it secure and safe. And as long as it's FDIC insured online, I got no problem with you reaching for a little bit higher yield because you're going to sacrifice convenience. But that's, again, people are freaked out by that. Payment history is 35% of your credit score. Amounts owed is 30%. So you need to learn about your credit utilization rate. Your length of your credit history is about 15%. So in the middle of the night, when you get drunk, you're like, when COVID's over, I'm going to go to Hawaii. And I see Hawaii Airlines has got a credit card. Where it's like, I get 50,000 bonus points. I'm going to open that one up. And the next day, you're like, I, I, was I drunk last night? Why did I open this credit card? Why do I have an agreement that I says, yes, I got this? Um, don't open too many cards. In theory, you should, you know, maybe open one every two or three years if you get some, like, great perks, like it's a travel card that's never been issued before. Um, I've got a credit card from Bank of America that's 20 years old. What's weird about it is I didn't know about it for about 15 years. And then 15, five years ago, I, I looked at my credit and I, I saw that like, hey, I've got an active Bank of America card. And I called him. I said, can I get that reissued? Because uh, it was in my pants and I washed it. 
And they said, sure, no problem. Now, notice I didn't say it was stolen or lost. I said it was destroyed. Well, for 15 years, no one's run up credit on it. So I'm kind of assuming that it's lost or in the trash or something like that. So instead of closing the account and closing the longest tenured credit card that I had, I kept it open and I had them reissue another card to me. I never use this card. There's no perks on it. I only use cards with perks. I use City Double Cash. I use Chase Sapphire, um, is it preferred? And I use a Hilton Honors card. Those are my three that cover my restaurants, my travel, and my day-to-day purchases. And I'm going to Amazon. Amazon Chase card is 5% on every transaction that you do with Amazon. You get 5% off. I'm like, I'm good with that. I'll take that to the bank. Again, if you're getting zero, I'm getting five. I'll take that. And again, it's like if you're buying a car and I'm, I'm getting 0% interest for the next couple of years and you're getting 8% or 5%, I'll take that and I'll beat you. So having good credit is important. But it shouldn't be like the major focus of your life. There's a great app called Credit Karma. You can go to your app store today. It doesn't ding your credit, but you can look at your credit scores every week. They have refreshed them. Your bank probably does this too online now. A couple years ago, banks were like, hey, we could do this for almost free. It gets them to go online so they're not using tellers. And, uh, well, there's no loss in it. And people were fascinated by it. So there's multiple ways to get it. You can even get it the old-fashioned way by going to annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. And everyone should do this. You too, my producer is producing the show. Today, you should run your credit. Take a look at it. You can get a copy of it, your report. Um, one of the three uh, bureaus uh, every year. So you can get one every four months, a different one. And see if someone's stolen your credit. See if all the credit makes sense to you. See where you've lived. Just have fun with it. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So if you listen to the commercial, CFP, Chad Burton, and myself have put together a webinar that we're going to be doing in the middle of July. It will fill up. It really seriously should be used for people who are approaching retirement because it's, it's about retirement information. You might be a little bit bored if you're looking for how to trade stocks. Um, I could teach you how to trade stocks, but then I'd have to kill you because I want all the money for myself and I want none of it to go to you. That's a joke. I don't really believe in day trading academies. I don't really believe in programs that can teach you how to do everything as, you know, a professional. I've never seen it work. I've been in this industry 20 plus years and I've said on the air, hey, first person that could show me a portfolio where they've traded 10,000 into a million, I'll hire you. 10,000 into 100,000, I'll hire you. You will have a job as a professional trader. You will never have to work again. I will give you the money to, if you can go make me that money. The problem is you can't do it because I'm going to ask for proof that you could do it. Um, otherwise, I can hire someone from Chicago who's been doing it if you get my draft. And again, I'm not trying to poo-poo you. I'm just trying to say there is no easy solution. And if there was, well, I probably wouldn't be advertising it. I'd probably be keeping it to myself. So many, many years ago, before I came to Salem Radio, I got into a little bit of trouble. I know you're saying, tough to believe. There was a software company that was pushing um, red light, yellow light, green light, 
when the light's green, you can go out and buy a stock. When it's red, that meant time to sell a stock. And again, I'll be honest. If that worked, not only would I not sell it to you, I wouldn't even think about selling it to you. Um, that wouldn't even be an option. So just try to suck that in for a, a small second, cowboy, if you can. Um, in large part, if there was software that I can use to sh- teach me how to like do a perfect trade without taking any risk, I'm not going to show it to you. I'm going to have an island. I'm going to have a nuclear bomb. I'm going to shave all my hair and wear a gray outfit. I'm going to have a rocket that can go to the moon when I nuke the planet. If it was that easy, do you see what I'm saying? I know you're saying, Rob, it's that easy. I've got an uncle who's done it. No, you don't. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Stocks rally at the open, but the trading off session highs. In the last couple of weeks, we've started a, a little bit more focus on COVID numbers and COVID hospitalization rates. And they're now starting to make fun of people on the news for going to bars in Phoenix and not washing their hands, for going to bars in Texas and not washing their hands, for going to bars in Florida and not washing their hands. And some of the stuff we're hearing, it's just this, it's drives people 50% patty on one side and 50% patty on the other. I'm going to tell you how to think. That's shares up 9.6% today. They delivered 90,650 vehicles in the second quarter. Um, Tesla has to be considered on aggressive pullbacks if you're an aggressive investor. I'm not an aggressive investor. But even a company like Apple, and I do own shares of Apple, now that they're establishing new highs, sometimes what they'll do is they'll establish new floors. Where in your craziest, maddest thought, a healthy company, you can probably see pullback 40% or 50% and just say, wow, it, it got ahead of itself and COVID really tripped up. Or when the economic data gets bad, let's take COVID out of it. You can go, wow, this great company like Apple or Amazon or Tesla. We see some weak job numbers. So we're going to say probably some people won't be able to afford the high-end phones or high-end cars. So we'll, we'll adjust the numbers and we'll say, maybe it'll correct 25% from the recent highs. Now, again, these are kind of imaginary floors and they really don't mean anything other than you can say, it's not likely because histor- historically, let's take a look at the last 20 years of Apple. How many times has it pulled back 40%? The answer is not many. How many times has it pulled back 30? A little bit. 20, some, 10, all the time. So you can kind of see some trading history and in a case like Apple, you see what it did after 9-11. You see what it did after the 2008 financial crisis and the Great Recession. You see what it did with COVID-19 in the first three to six months. But you haven't seen it all. So there's a floor there in your head. We saw how far back Apple moved in March. That's the new floor, in my opinion. Um, would I buy it aggressively if it hits 240? I would. Would I sell my children? I would. I know you're saying, I'm going to report you for child trafficking. I'm not I'm kidding. It's a joke. Um, you get the idea that you kind of have to be a little bit fluid with some of the stuff. Um, but you can also kind of set up some loose rules in your head. 
Crude oil sits at $40 a barrel. Oil, gold sits at $17.86 an ounce. Now, I've seen gold come and go in the last 20, 25 years. I've seen oil trades come and go. Now, let me talk about a little bit about this. Is oil and gas are both commodities. To buy oil and gas, it you have to be a specialist and or you have to go out and buy a barrel of oil. And what are you going to do with a barrel of oil? What are you going to do with pig's bellies? What are you going to do with a pound of gold? So someone stores all that stuff for you. So when you buy it, typically, if you're thinking about, I think gold goes higher and it's at eight, seventeen eighty an ounce. You go to a dealer and you're like, I want gold. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll procure that for you for 30% buying fee. And you're like, 1800 and take off 13, 30%. And you're like, wait, wait, I'm paying $350 just for the right to buy this stuff? Or up to $500 or $600? Like, and wait, wait, to do a sell, I got to do the same thing? You can't make money like that. You can make money on a pure index like a GLD, which tracks the price of gold. You can do the same thing with silver. You don't actually have to buy the commodity. If you have such a bug up your rump that you think you know that gold goes higher, even though it doesn't have a job, it doesn't have productivity, it doesn't have like – it's got a scarcity value. I get it. It's got a weak dollar value. I get it. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com.